The Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I hear a lot of happy voices and rejoicing out there, which is great. Um, I'm excited to introduce my dear friend, my dear brother, uh, Greg uh, Miller, who is from Texas. Uh, he and Ben and myself, we travel a lot to Asia. We put on conferences there. And he's not uh, unfamiliar to many of us, but if you are new to our church, then I wanted to give him a proper introduction. So let's welcome Greg to the platform. It's wonderful to be here this morning. Good morning to all of you. If you're visiting for the first time, we want to welcome you. You're in the best place in Vancouver. Did you know that? <laughs> not because I'm here or Rich is here, but, but because God is here, you know, and God is so real. And uh, I hope that this morning... Uh, you've already been experiencing God's presence through worship. Uh, God is not just real in worship, but He's real in many, many ways, and He He loves to speak to people. And so today we're gonna we're going to experience that. And God speaks to us in many, many different forms. One of those is through worship; we can hear God's voice in our heart. Another way is that through the preaching of the Word and demonstration, we can hear God's voice. But the third way we're going to see God speak to us today is is a really exciting moment because there's been several people here at uh, Five Stones that have been taking a course called Messengers. And yesterday we had a graduation of, of the completion of that course, which was 18 sessions. I mean, that's a long time. There were six modules and, uh, you know, over a, a period of about two years, we, we finished that yesterday. And so uh, those individuals are going to, to help uh, today and uh, they're going to help pray for some of you. So I want you to be thinking about this, that if you've never experienced a prophetic word, what is a prophetic word? It is simply a person that is receiving a message from God, and they share that message with you. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. But we really believe that God speaks today, and that God uses people to do that as messengers. And so we're going to have those uh, students be the ones to pray for you. So if you've never had that experience for, we're gonna, uh, before, we're going to ask you to, to uh, experience that today. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So uh, this morning, I want to talk to you guys about something that's very powerful. It's very real in all of our lives, and, and uh, it's about influence, and that there are four major uh, voices in our lifetime that really bring influence in our life either good or bad. And uh, this morning, I, wanna, I just want to share that, that uh, the greatest influence in our life wants to be, he wants to be that person. His name is God. God wants to be the greatest influence in our life. He wants to be the one that is leading us, that is helping us, that is showing us the way in what we call the journey of life or the journey of faith. And um, unfortunately, though, there are other voices of influence. And these voices can lead us down wrong paths. They can uh, cause us to become deformed. And in the plans that God had for us, we can actually get off track. We can become something else and do something else with our life. And it's not in line with God's plans. And so this morning, I want to start by reading a verse out of Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, we see God implementing something from the very beginning. And in the, in the scriptures, we have this thing called the principle of first. The principle of first is when God does something first, that, was, that is his intention. That's what he wants to do. That's how he does things. So we see here something that began at the very beginning of time. 
And so let's read this verse here. It says, And God said, Let the earth put forth grass, herbs yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit after their kind, wherein is, uh, wherein is the seed thereof upon the earth, and it was so. We see here God implementing this, this idea that everything starts with a seed. You know, everything that, uh, as we look through, through all of our lives, including the, the birth of, of you and I, all started with seeds. And everything that we enjoy today starts with a seed. It could be a seed thought. It could be a seed idea. It could be a seed vision. Uh, you know, the, the food that we eat is planted in the ground, and there is this concept of planting the seed, and the seed grows. Now, the amazing thing about seeds is that whatever the seed is has inside of it everything to become what it was designed for. So, for example, if I have an apple seed here and I plant it in the ground, and I bring water to it and fertilize and protect it, and we allow sunshine to hit it, over time it's going to produce apple tree. Why? Because the seed has everything inside of it to become the apple tree. In other words, the seed is not trying to become, and with great effort and sweat, you know, trying to become, I'm going to, when I grow up, I'm going to be an apple seed. That's not what seeds do. They become what they were designed to be. So it starts with a seed. So you can, you know, in the, as the tree grows, and, uh, you know, in the springtime, you can take oranges, go buy some oranges at the market, put little hooks on it like ornaments, hang it on the apple tree, and you can tell your neighbors, hey, look, it's my orange tree. And uh, everybody's going to laugh at you because they realize, wait a minute, that's not an orange tree. Because in the fall, there's going to come these red things, these green things on the branches naturally because it's an apple tree. All right, so you say, well, that's pretty elementary. Yes, it is, but you and I literally are seeds. In Jeremiah, it says, Jeremiah chapter 1, we're not going to turn there, but in Jeremiah chapter 1, we get a kind of a behind-the-scenes picture of this young man, Jeremiah, talking with God and God talking with him. And the thing that happens here is, is God says to Jeremiah some very powerful things. He says, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb... I knew you. Now that right there is mind-blowing I, I, to me. I, it's like, wait a minute, you're telling me before my mom and dad hooked up and before conception happened, you knew me. I was a thought in your mind before I was a thought in my parents' mind. That's pretty powerful because we realize then that we are not accidents. Maybe your parents said, hey, you know, that was, you're not planned. You're one of those oops right, you know, and maybe that's what you, they told you growing up, I don't know, but the reality is Jeremiah existed in God's mind before his parents' mind, so that's the first part that just is just amazing to me, but then he goes on to say, it says, in your mother's womb, Jeremiah, I began to form you. In other words, Jeremiah, you're this seed, and I'm putting things inside the seed so that when that seed comes out, that seed is going to produce after the design that I made it. So in the womb, God says to Jeremiah, I'm creating you to be a prophet to the nations, a messenger for me to the people. And so Jeremiah in the, room, in the womb room is being, uh, is being formed and is being fashioned in the image that God has for Jeremiah, created in God's image. 
And it's all happening before birth. It's all happening before Jeremiah comes into this world. It's all happening in the womb. God is forming the seed. It's God's idea. He's putting stuff inside this seed so that this seed contains everything. When it comes out and begins to grow, there is a prophet that comes out of the seed. Doesn't have to be, try to be a prophet. Doesn't have to try to, you know, I'm going to really, really, really try hard and sweat and try to, to become something. It happens naturally. Everybody with me so far? All right, so we're going somewhere. Uh, obviously, when you plant a seed, there are these things that really can influence and impact the seed. The seed has everything it needs, but we know that the environment of the seed, the effects from outside things, damage can happen to the seed or the little seedling as it's growing. And we realize that this tree, this seedling, this seed can be affected by outside sources. And so today I'm going to talk about four categories, four voices, four platforms of influence that you and I have to deal with and we've dealt with all of our life. And this is going to really encourage you parents that maybe have young children because one of these categories, as you're going to see, is, is parents. The voice of parents are so powerful. So at this moment, I'm going to ask uh, four people. They're going to help me uh, visual, uh, do a visual here for all of us to see. Let's put uh, the voice of parent. Which one is that? Okay, you're first. <laughs> she looks pretty scared. The voice, the voice of peers, the peer, as Denise. Not Denise, it's Denise. All right. And uh, the voice of society, that's it. That's Mr. Dan and the voice of authorities. Okay, so then I'm gonna... <laughs> so if you guys could just spread out some more, spread out some more. All right, and then we have another young man, uh, Joshua. Where's he at? Josh, if you come on up here. Josh is gonna represent all of us, okay? Every single one of us. So this is Josh over here. Let's put him at the end. Josh is in his mother's womb right now. Is your mom and dad here? Is your mom and dad here? No. They're not here? Okay. So Josh is in the mother's womb. God is forming Joshua. God is putting things inside of Josh. God is putting talents, abilities, tendencies. God is putting inside of him callings, you know, uh, uh, charismas that he's really good at certain things. God's putting it inside of him in the mother's womb. Now, I know society is telling us that that is not a child in the mother's womb. But in God's perspective, in God's definition, it is. It's not just tissue and flesh and, you know, it's not a human. That is something that this world and this society is teaching us, telling us, and pro propagating that message. That is not true. Inside the womb, this is a child of God that God is forming and that God is making, and God has a plan for this seed. Two people believe that. It's wonderful. This is wonderful. I'm telling you, it is something that is a battle all over the world to try to convince us that that is not human. But in God's, God's mind, God's definition, he says, that's mine, belongs to me, that's precious. Amen. All right. So Josh is in the mother's womb, and God's forming him. God's, God's causing him to to grow inside there for nine months, eight months, and there's this formation of the seed. And so now, 
Josh is born, and he's wearing those beautiful huggies and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, you know, drinking bottles and all of those wonderful things. And Josh immediately, now think about this, immediately, Josh, because he's born, there is a parent, and the parent has a voice. The parent has a voice. And even as we've learned, even in the womb, the parent's voice is crucial. Crucial, crucial. For example, uh, you're going to meet my, my wife in October. She's going to do the women's uh, conference here. And, but when you hear her testimony, it's going to be, you're going to say, is that really true? Well, it is true. And when she shares it, it's going to be amazing, all right? So one of the things about her testimony is that when she was in the womb, her father told the mother, I don't want that. I don't want her or him. I don't want that. I want you to get rid of it. Gave her mother, uh, the, the, her, his wife, I want you to take these pills. I want you to abort this child. I don't want this. So from the very beginning, from the womb, there was a voice. There was a voice of a parent, which is the authorities. They represent the authority of God in a child's life. That authority was speaking rejection in the womb of of the mother, and um, the, the mother didn't take the pills, so she begins to, the, Lucy begins to grow, it begins to be obvious, in one of the fits of uh, drunkenness, he throws his wife to the ground, kicks her in the stomach, in the womb, trying to abort the baby through a kick, survives, continues to grow. Down the road, uh, another month or two, he realizes, wow, that didn't work, I'm going to try it again punched her in the stomach, trying to cause the baby to die and to be aborted. So several times in the, the formation of who Lucy is, the father figure, the father, is trying to abort this, this one. But she's born. And what she battles with as she comes into this world is a spirit of rejection. And you think, how is that possible that somebody being in the womb can hear the voice and feel the spiritual atmosphere of a home and be born with something now that has a battle now that she has to deal with, with the help of God she has. You understand, the voice of the parents are so powerful, and they can affect the seed. They can affect the seed. God has a plan for the seed. He says, listen, man, I planned something way down there. It's in the destiny. That's where I'm taking you. And that's why you're born on the earth. And there's a plan that I have for you to walk down this road called destiny. And this young man, Joshua, now is in the womb and, and God is prepared. He's so excited for the birth of Joshua. More excited than the parents. Because when God created Joshua, he had a need involved that Joshua is going to meet one day. He has a destiny for Joshua. There's somebody that Joshua is going to impact or a world or a city or a community or a nation that Joshua has, God's prepared for him. And God has created him with something in mind to meet a need on the earth. It's, it's powerful. So this seed is born. The parents now have a voice over Joshua. And you know that's really interesting about parents. You know, sometimes we have great plans for our kids. Did you know that? <laughs> God has a plan, but mom and dad also have a plan. And you know what happens sometimes 
because we love our parents and we want to honor them and respect them and all those wonderful things. But let's say, for example, uh, our sister here, she was a medical doctor. Maybe her grandmother was a medical doctor. Maybe her great-grandmother was a medical doctor. Guess what? Guess what? When Josh was born, the tendency is going, is she's going to want to do what with the seed? I want you, <laughs> my great suggestion to you, you know how parents do it, I really suggest strongly. What well, does that mean? You want me to? Well, no, I'm suggesting, <laughs> right? No, and we suggest strongly you should become a medical doctor, right? And so a child can be influenced greatly by the parent's voice, and the parent is saying, doctor, doctor, doctor. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, if Joshua listens only to the parents, guess what Joshua's going to do? He's going to follow the voice of the parent. Let's turn this way. And he's going to go a different route in his life. He wasn't created to be a doctor. That's not God's idea. That was mom and dad's idea. And mom and dad's idea says, listen, our family has a history of, you know, medical doctors. We want you to carry that on. We want you to be a doctor. And Joshua, out of respect or honor for their parents, he will take that, that counsel and he will go down the road of the medical field. He'll become a successful doctor. He really will because he's a bright man. And his parents will be supporting that career. He could have lots of money and live in, you know, in downtown Vancouver in one of the newest high-rises and driving his little Mercedes, right, and, and his electric bike. And uh, by the way, I still think that's cheating, but um, totally going green, right? And uh, anyway, so he's living downtown. He's living the high life. He's one of the most renowned uh, surgeons now in Vancouver, has everything. But there's going to be something inside of Joshua's heart, a longing, a desire, a dream. What is, where does that come from? That comes from God designed. And the God design never leaves us. It really doesn't because it's his design. The seed was designed this way. So the seed is inside is still trying to push out to become that, but it's become something else. And so here's a doctor now, has everything, has everything that you could imagine a doctor could want, famous, all of those wonderful things, but something's missing inside. We see so many people in this state in our world. We see Robin Williams, one of the greatest comedians of all time, has everything that you could imagine of fame and fortune and all of those things, but there was something missing internally in his life to the point he took his life. You understand what I'm saying? This is a, this is a state that many, many people live in because they have not cooperated with the great design that God made them. So they have everything that you could think of on the earth, but there's something missing. So the voice of parents can be very, very powerful. And in different cultures, that voice is stronger than others. Did you know that? Sometimes in the Asian culture, it can be pretty strong. Not just the Asian culture, though. As parents, this gift is a gift from God, not my property. Think about this. When I, we, we have four children, and every one of them, for, for Lucy and I, they are a gift from God. They were created in God's image, so I don't want to create them in my image. We've never forced our kids to be pastors. 
We never force them to, be, to receive Jesus. We never force them to do any of those things. We presented things to them. We lived our life in front of them, and we wanted them to make those choices. We wanted the seed inside of them to, to begin to grow and to begin, that they begin to follow that and discover it for themselves. I didn't want to create my sons or my daughter in my image, my plan, what I think. I wanted them to find out what's God's design for me and cooperate with that. So parents, this is a challenge to us because sometimes we have great plans for our children. Sometimes, and they, and they come to us and say, well, Dad, I want to, like my Max, uh, he's, uh, he's 11 now, but when he was about four or five, he loves Transformers. And one day, I said, Max, what do you want to be when you grow up? He goes, Dad, I want to be Optimus Prime. And I go, Optimus Prime? Who's Optimus Prime? He's a, he's a Transformer, Dad. I want to be a Transformer when I grow up. And I, say, I said to him, wow, that's wonderful. You are going to transform things. That's true. Some of us parents, we'll just cut that off. But you understand, they're speaking their language. The seed inside of him is speaking. And I know that he's going to be used by God to transform things. He's not going to be Optimus Prime. I understand that. But that's his language of expression trying to tell me the seed inside of him is trying to get out, but that's their language. You understand? So as parents, it's a challenge for us as we, our children say things to us, sometimes a little crazy, you know, I want to be Superman. Well, don't jump off the building, right? <laughs> don't do that. Uh, but the concept of superhero is the language of children. You understand? And so as they, as they are expressing this, we really need as parents to, to understand that's the seed trying to speak to us to help us direct this environment towards that, that destiny. Amen? All right. So... The voice of parents, so powerful. But let's say this, this parent here is part of five stones. They understand this concept. Wow, our children are a gift from God. We want to provide an environment in our home that this, this seed can grow in a healthy way and that the seed is not contaminated or tainted or, or perverted down another, or twisted down another road that it's not supposed to. Well, there's another voice. This is the voice of the peers. The voice of the peers is so powerful. These are our friends. These are the ones that we play with on the playground. These are the ones that we grow up in junior high and high school with. These are the ones that we hang out, have pizza with. These are the ones we have sleepovers with. These are the ones that, that we spend time with growing up, going through life together at these early ages. These are the ones that have lots of power, though, in our life. They really do. And these can really, really turn the seed to a different direction. These could be Christian. They may not be Christian. These, this, these peers that we go to school with, we go to university with, these are, these are become dead, you know, dear friends to us because we hang out with them. We have fun together. All right, so these, this voice can be very, very powerful. All right? Think about this. Let's say Joshua here that he is a, a man of justice. He likes to fight for justice. Maybe even sees himself being a lawyer one day. Maybe sees himself to, to uh, you know, help people that have no voice and, and really, you know, help change society and culture, maybe even the legal system and the laws of our land. But one of their peers say, well, that's stupid. 
Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why don't you be a, a K-pop, uh, you know, uh, uh, a band? And, and I, I, we're forming this band. Man, we want to be K-pop just like in South Korea. And we want to we wanna have this uh, amazing band. And you should be that. You're kind of good on the musical instrument. We need that kind of a musician. And Joshua listens to the peers. And Joshua now turns, and he comes down another road. Becomes this great. K-pop artists, right? Traveling all over the world, lots of fans, lots of Twitter followers. I mean, he is it, right? And very famous, very wealthy. His friends are saying, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. This is the life. But something inside, something inside never goes away. And that's called the design of the seed that God created him to be. Wasn't to be a K-pop artist. There's nothing wrong with that. But that wasn't his calling. That was not his, his design. But he's allowed the voice of peers to take him down another path that God didn't have designed for him. So there always will be this something inside that's not fulfilled, not satisfied. Because, you know, money and all of these wonderful things, they're great, but they don't satisfy. When we do what we're created to do, is the greatest satisfaction on the earth. When you find that thing, that place, something inside, doesn't matter if you have $100 or a million dollars, you're satisfied. It's like this is the greatest thing ever. All right, so let's back up. Let's say, though, that these peers are Five Stone Youth Group. Man, they're in fire for God. They love Jesus. And they say, man, Joshua, you want to be a lawyer? Go for it. We believe in you, right? And so he gets a positive reinforcement from his peers. You know, your Christian friends are so necessary. Because this, this right here, at early on in our life, can take us down paths that later we regret. And we come back, we come to our senses sometimes, we realize, whoa, how did I get here? I shouldn't be here. This is not for me. But because of the influence of our peers... We sometimes go down paths that we shouldn't go down, and later we really, really regret it. And we think, wow, look at all those years I wasted. Look at those years that I was, you know, doing the club scene, I was doing the drug scene, I was doing all these other scenes that I thought that was life. Well, wait a minute. There's something greater than all of that. So, but he has good friends at Five Stones, and he said, wow, you know, you can do anything. We believe in you. God, do what God wants. Go for the God goal. And he has support. <laughs> and now we come, to the, we come to the third, the third strongest voice of influence in our life called our society and our culture. This voice is very powerful because this voice is represented and seen in magazines. It is seen in... Uh, you know, find, trying to find your career and all the different tests that you take to find your career and all of those wonderful things. It is taught to us by parents and our society and culture that women should do this, men should do that. That's their role, that's this role, and they, they have all these categories for everybody and what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, and, and we have all of this influence that comes to us through media, through the magazines, through television, through movies, and all of this society, culture that is influencing this seed. And um, 
it can be very powerful. So you can have a woman that, you know, feels like I'm supposed to be, you know, the next president, but in our culture or country, our particular country or land, that's not acceptable. So she becomes something else, which is okay, but something inside says, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. Culture has a very powerful influence on this seed. So because, you know, it's not acceptable, his particular career, culture is telling him, don't walk that way, go this way. Don't do that because that's not acceptable for men to do that or have that kind of career. Men should be this way. Men should do that. Men should do this. And that culture pushes Joshua down a different path, different career route, and he becomes something else. This is a very powerful voice in our lives. It affects us. Well, Canadians, we don't do that. Well, Americans, we don't do that. Well, Asians, we don't do that in our culture. You understand? There's lots of things that, because of the environment we grow up in, it affects the seed, and the seed can be twisted a different path because of culture, because of what our society tells us is acceptable and unacceptable. This is a powerful voice in our life. Let's go to our fourth one. Our fourth voice, our fourth voice of influence in our life is what we call authorities. And these authorities show up in our teachers, our coaches. These, uh, these authorities show up in many, many uh, our professors in university. Uh, they are very powerful voices. And I'm, I'm saying that sometimes it's not in, you know, succession like this. Sometimes all of this is mixed together at the same time. So you can be in high school like Michael Jordan, and his high school coach says to Michael Jordan, don't follow the path of basketball. Can you imagine that? The coach said, no, you're not so good. You shouldn't do this. Go do something else. He's telling Michael Jordan this. And Michael Jordan could have listened to that and come a different route and become something else and successful in something else, but there's something inside the design of God that's missing. Maybe you had that happen to you. Maybe when you were graduating from high school, you're back here, and, and Joshua's saying, man, I, I feel like I'm supposed to get involved in the legal system. I feel like I'm supposed to, you know, fight for justice, and, and I have all this, you know, justice thing inside of me, and, and that's where I'm supposed to go. But he didn't do well in one of the classes. And this teacher spoke these words, don't follow that career. You're wasting your time. You don't have the intelligence to do that. Sometimes people say things that really, you know, we think, well, that's not a big deal. But boy, those words have the power to affect the seed. They have a power to affect and disappoint the seed and cause that seed to go another direction that it's never supposed to go. Maybe some of you had that. Maybe it came in the form of, through your coach, through a teacher, through a professor, but some authority figure in your life. Maybe it came through a spiritual leader in your life. I'm not talking about spiritual leaders here. I'm talking about along the way, we have spiritual leaders, spiritual impartation, spiritual influence that happens in our life. And sometimes even leaders, spiritual leaders, we don't, we're not seeing you the right way. And so we say things that is like pouring cold water on a fire. And we've disappointed people. And they've walked another path instead of the path God has for them. 
There's a battle. You understand, this seed was created by God. But there is a battle for this seed. There's a battle for your life. There's a battle for your destiny. And all of these influences could be super good to help that destiny, or they can be used in a very negative way to try to stop the destiny in your life. There's a battle for you. There's a battle for every one of you that's in this room, that's listening and watching over in the overflow room. There's a battle for your life. There's a battle for the destiny and the seed of God, the greatness that God's put inside of you. There's a battle for this. And God wants us to to understand that I appreciate these things. I'm not saying throw these things away. No, I'm saying we appreciate these things. But when it comes down to it, there is another voice. There is another influence in our life, and he wants to be the one saying, Joshua, come. He's like over here. He's not just inside of Joshua. He's not just inside the seed saying that's the destiny. He's in front of Joshua. Joshua, come here. Joshua, we appreciate these. We honor these. But Joshua, come here, and he's calling out. John 10 says this, the shepherd, the good shepherd, goes before the sheep, And he calls the sheep by name so that the sheep know where to go. There's a destiny that's inside of him. There is greatness that God created for him. And God wants him to walk in that greatness. God wants him to experience that. He wants the world to see that. He put it inside of you, put it inside of me. There's something inside of us. He wants to show the world what that is because it's it's going to bless the world in some way. Bless an individual, bless a group, bless a city, bless a nation. The greatness of God is inside of him. So when Joshua comes to this point, and all of us in this room need to come to that point. If you've never come to that point, there's this point along the path here where this stuff inside of him is, is pushing him out. Pushing him out. It's, it's just trying to come out of his life. And along this way, there's this moment that all of us have where we Say yes to the good shepherd. There's a shepherd that's calling us. His name is Jesus Christ. And, and he's calling us. Say, Listen, I got a plan for you. I created you. I got a plan for you. Let me show you the way. But Joshua can choose. No, I don't want to follow your way. I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to follow you. I got my own path, right? And Joshua could choose to not listen to the shepherd. Not pay attention to the shepherd, follow his own way, do his own thing. And that's really unfortunate. But there comes a point in Joshua's life, just like it did in all of our lives, where we got to say, I'm opening my life to the one who created me. Come into my life. Be the shepherd of my life. Be the one that is leading me in this path, this destiny, this journey called faith. And when we do that, that can happen at 3 years old, 10 years old, 13 years old. Sometimes it happens later in our life when we're 30, 40 years old, and we look back and say, wow, I wish I would have known this earlier, right? (laughs) How many wrong turns I would have avoided. But I'll tell you what, it's never too late. It's never too late. You think, well, well, Greg, wait a minute, I'm, I'm 60 years old, and I have, you know, a career, and I, you know, have things in order, and I, I have bills to pay, and how could I ever change my career at this point? Well, I got news for you. I'm, I'm going to read something to you. Uh, let's give a hand to these guys. Joshua, sir. <clears throat> Thank you. So Joshua here, 
has a voice, there's a voice calling out to him. That voice has been speaking already today. I believe God's put in you a heart for justice. I believe there is a, you're going to be a man that fights for many other people. You're going to be a person that stands for others, sometimes in the legal system, sometimes uh, on the street, but you're going to be a man that stands for others when they have no voice. When others are bullying people around you, you're the one, wait a minute, don't bully him. And I think that's happened before in your life, but I just realize, I, I see in you that that's part of who you are. That's where God's taking you down this road. And I believe God's going to set beside you some amazing mentors and teachers that you're going to grow up under them, and you're going to become this incredible uh, spokesperson for people, uh, for the ones that don't have a voice. I believe that's part of the call of God in your life. I believe it's part of the, the destiny of God in your life, and that's the seed is going to continue to lead you down those paths. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's give Joshua a hand. All right, very quickly. You say to me, how do I know? How do I know exactly this seed? How do I know? How do I recognize, discover it? Well, there's four things I'm just going to give you quickly. Number one, there will... It's like a desire inside or a passion inside, a dream inside that never goes away since you were little. You always could see yourself doing that, being that. There's a reason why that has stuck with you all of your lifetime. Because if it's a God thing, he doesn't take it out of you. It stays inside of you, and you can't get rid of it. It's like that nasty tattoo that you want to get rid of, you can't get rid of. <laughs> You're stuck with it. You know what I'm saying? There's a the design, the seed has this design inside of it. You can't get, get it out of it. You can't take it away. So if you're 10, 18, 38, 88, it's still there. It's going to be there till the day you die. It's a God design. That's the thing. That passion or desire is the thing that makes you cry. It moves you to tears. When you think about it, when you see others doing it, you go, oh, I could do that. That's the seed inside of you is helping you to discover what this is. Number two, your natural talents many times are connected to the God design. Your natural abilities, natural talents, when people say to you, well, you're a natural at this. Hello, put your antennas up and say, wow, that's part of God design in me. They're recognizing something that sometimes I don't recognize in myself. The number three, reoccurring mentors in your life. These are things that you don't even try to orchestrate, but these are reoccurring mentors or voices that are saying the same things, teaching you the same things. It's just different, different forms, different expressions, but really it's the same thing. So reoccurring mentors in our life also is, a, is a, an expression to help us discover what this seed is. The last thing is prophetic words. Prophetic words can really help us discover... Uh, what the seed is. Just like right now, some of you may not know what just happened, but I was prophesying over Joshua. Been prophesying since he stood up here, right? And so God is showing me some things to tell him about the seed in his life. Now, was it described fully and, and, and with all the details? No. But it helps him to know, wow, it's, 
It's down that path. It's in that category. I'm going to walk down that path. God will work out the details along the way. That's called the journey of discovery. And so I want to encourage you today that the seed in you has been inside of you since your mother's womb, and it's been trying to come out. And so before you say, well, it's too late for me, let me read this. Leo Plaz dropped out of college in 1932 when he was just 20 years old. Then at the age of 99, the Oregon res uh, resident finished what he started by receiving an associate's degree from Eastern Oregon, Oregon University. Plass set a world record in doing so. Just a few credits shy of a degree, Leo Plass quit school in 1932 to pursue a career in the logging industry. According to Plass, the pay was too good to pass up, but he never did forget his ac academic aspirations. 99 years old. Don't ever say to yourself, don't ever buy that lie that says it's too late for me because the seed is still inside of you. So I'd like us just to stand, if we would, for a moment. I want to pray for you. Maybe you have never, maybe you've never, along this journey, you've never done the first step, which is recognize he's my creator, and I need a shepherd. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one that is supposed to lead me down this path. Maybe you've never opened your heart to Jesus. Maybe you've never opened your heart, and today is like, whoa, that guy's talking about me. That guy's talking, describing my heart. Well, today's your day. If you've never done that, and you want to do that this morning, and uh, you want to invite Jesus Christ to be that shepherd, to be that savior in your life, to become that kind of reality for you. It's not just a theory. It's not just a religious act that we're trying to talk about here but that really that this shepherd wants to be involved in this, this process. He loves you so much. And so i just like us to bow our heads. If there's anyone here that has that desire to pray with me in that way, I just want you to raise your hand, just put it back down so I can, I just want to pray for you today. Thank you, Lord. Anyone here like that? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's real simple. Prayer is not a religious activity. Prayer is simply this. It's a conversation. It's a conversation with a real God. So let's just say this. Lord Jesus, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I just open my life to you. I ask you to come into my life. You created me. You have a plan for me. Be my Savior. Forgive me where I've gone my own ways, done my own thing. I want your path. I give my life to you. I don't want to go another road. I want to get on the right road. I want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that today for the first time, I want to encourage you. There are leaders here, some of the ministry team. Tell somebody. Tell your parent. Tell your, you know, the per person that brought you. Say, listen, man, today when he prayed that, that was for me. 
And, um, you know, the pastors here would love to, to talk with you also. And um, this is a great place. This is a great place of discovery. You know, church is, is not just a religious institute. It is a great place of discovery where we're all learning and encouraging each other along this path. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you would like prayer right now, I'm just going to ask you to step out of your seat and go to one of these teams. <laughs> Don't all go at once. All right. Yes, go for it. Come on. You can go. Have a, It's going to be amazing. I'm telling you. Don't miss this opportunity. It's going to be great. If you've never had this experience before, I want to encourage you to go first. If there's open spots, then those of you that have had this experience first and need some encouragement, you can go to the other ones that are open. Uh, but don't miss this moment. God wants to, to, to speak into your life, speak some great things into your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. going to take a couple more minutes here. Maybe some of you feel a little timid or shy. We want you to just gather up your courage to be able to <clears throat> avail yourselves uh, to the ministry team here. So appreciate Pastor Greg's message. You know, really in the end, it's that voice of God that plucks our heartstring. And all of a sudden, there's that sense of resonance like, wow, that, that's it. That's it. And God uses the voice of parents. God uses the voice of peers. God uses the voice of society and authority. And sometimes God speaks through them to be that voice to you. But there's nothing like hearing pure, liquid love from heaven itself. When God just speaks to us, whether through scripture, maybe through a situation, or through brothers and sisters that are praying for us. You know, I've had the privilege of preaching in many churches, and <clears throat> people remember sermons, but they never forget a prophecy. I could preach hundreds of sermons, but they'll remember five minutes of pure word from God. They treasure it, they keep it, they store it up, they wore a good warfare by it, and you know, that's, that's the power of words, was we go back to that place of faith. We go back to an anchor spot, and we say, you know what? God spoke to me here. Every single one of you I know have had that experience. When you're going through a difficult time, you go back to that, that, that memorial. You go back to that, that altar. You go back to that moment where the Holy Spirit said this, and you know that you know that you know that you're on the right path. Even when Jonah was sinking into the, the very depths of the ocean and dying, he knew that he was called by God. And on the basis of that, he cried out to God, and, and the Lord rescued him. And there's so every story, really, in the Bible revolves around just that voice. What did creation begin with? God said. God said. The beginning of time, the beginning of creation, began with a prophetic moment where God said. And that's what the Word of God does, is it creates something in you. The first purpose of creation is to bring forth light. Let there be light. That's the first purpose of the prophetic word is to bring light to your life. Understanding to separate the light from the darkness 
so that you don't have to be blind, but that you can see with clarity going forward. So we encourage you to uh, just make yourselves uh, and take advantage of the prayer teams here. I'm going to close this in prayer. Uh, we're going to continue to just have the background music. And as we dismiss, if you would just sort of quietly take your conversation maybe out to the foyer, or you can just talk quietly in here, but we want to respect the ministry that's going on. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Father God, that you're the living God. You're not a dumb idol that doesn't speak. You're not a piece of wood. You're not a piece of metal. You're not just, just stuck there, but you are the living God that speaks to your people. And we thank you, Father God, that we have the opportunity to hear from you, that you indeed are our shepherd and we are your sheep and that you care for us deeply. So as we go this morning, God, let your voice just be clear as a, as a church bell in our hearts and in our ears, knowing that, yes, that's the direction we should go. Let your blessing, let your favor just abide upon us. We thank you now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Have a great week.